Welcome to the StatMed Podcast, where we teach you how to study in med school and how to pass board-style exams. Your host is Ryan Orwig, a learning specialist with more than a decade of experience working with med students and physicians. In this episode, Ryan and Dr. Jim Colhane, Assistant Dean for Student Academic Success Programs and Professor of Pharmaceutical Sciences at Notre Dame of Maryland University School of Pharmacy, share their insights on preparing for medical boards. In part two, they dig into strategies med students can use from preparing for the board. So if we teach them how to find structure on the upfront, then everything greases the wheels and everything accelerates downstream. So you can do this in a variety of ways, I think. The way that I do it is through the skill that we've developed called framework. the use and utility of practice questions. Right. So what you're saying is you've got you've got two real tracks or approaches to board prep. You've got the study component to it where you're interfacing with the materials that your school provided or that you purchased. And then you've got the practice question side where you're actually um, where you're where you're actually going to mimic or um, mimic exam uh, or test taking in the test taking environment. In that way. Yeah, right? I mean, I, I look at it. I, I consider word prep uh, as a as a dual track process where you have two silos side by side, right? And they 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 cross over, they overlap, but they are two separate entities. The study side, that's where we're organizing, enriching, fortifying our knowledge. Uh, I think a lot of people don't know at this level how to figure out what do I know concretely. What what do I not know? And then what, right. where where are the where am I fuzzy? Where are the holes? Now, okay. And again, it's going to vary from one person to the next. Um, and there are there are methods, study methods that can be used to absolutely fix this and address this. Right. right now, let me ask you this question: What are some of the common things that you see students do wrong with this um, with with the studying component for board prep? What are some of those things that they do that are just you know that they that can give them low that are low yield methods that they oh, that they yeah. might so, use. Yeah, right? What yeah, are some of those study. things? Yeah, we're talking about like just low yield study methods, right? right. So this is just watching and rewatching videos without okay. any kind of proper setup. This is and, and then and then and then banking that like, hey, I just covered that, therefore I know it because I watched it once or twice. Like that's that's again that to me is an office drone mentality. Like I'm getting paid because I punched the time clock. How productive were you today? Doesn't matter. The boss is going to pay me. I'm on salary. But if I'm the entrepreneur and I'm like, I worked all day, like, what do you have to show for what you accomplished? I mean, sometimes it's nothing. Sometimes it's a long day of bumping my head against the wall. Sometimes it is I go down a rabbit hole and it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not fruitful, you know? Um, So again, you have to own what you're doing. Like how much yield are you actually getting? Maybe another mentality would be at the gym. Just because I go to the gym, and hang out for two hours a day every day doesn't mean I'm getting as good of a workout as the person who's there for in and out in 45 minutes doing a high intensity regimented workout. Right. Like just because I'm there, I might be hanging out and socializing. Maybe I'm lifting weights, but then stopping when I start to truly struggle and I'm right. not getting the benefit. So again, it's not, not all studying is equal for all people and you can deploy different strategies. So obviously then if I'm reading and rereading material, yes. Obviously, one of the highest, like, uh, you know, low yield things. If I am highlighting. highlighting and underlining, 
if I'm rotely recopying, now, you know, a lot of people are going to, at this, at boards level, they've mostly realized you can't recopy everything. You know, one of the common things you hear from going from undergrad and, and, and master's programs into med school or pharmacy school, they, they realize like, oh, I used to succeed by rewriting everything. And now I don't, I can't because there's so much speed, volume, density, fire hose. Now, hopefully they've figured that out by the time they get to boards, that's not going to work. Uh, but you, you still people, we still believe, a lot of people still believe that that is the big money maker, And it's not. You're, that we're, it's we're, condensing. Very, we're condensing notes. That's what I see sure, a lot of my students doing. They're recopying, sure. condensing. And unfortunately, with this board prep stuff, like the board prep book that w we use at our school, hmm. it's very, very condensed already. It's, yes. you know, it's 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 been boiled down to the essential elements. So there's not much more condensing that you can do. And even with that, there's still a ton of information that you have to assimilate. Well, and then yeah, but it's this idea that that by condensing, I'm going to then get yield from right. it. Which and, we know doesn't work. You know, and then also it's like the snowplow effect or you know, this uh, of massed learning. Where they're like, like, and that's where you're like, I'm on this page, I'm on this chapter, I'm on this slide. I'm going to burn it into my brain now because I'm not going to get back to it. So it's like this just like burn, 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 like, like li literally trying to sear it into their brains mm -hmm. by staring at it or rep, 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 repping it. Yep. You know, you're, and, and this is getting into that learning science of it's mass learning. They're not getting into distribution and interleaving and all that stuff. Um but this is the, these are the things that got people there from undergrad to masters, what have you. Those things have get, I mean, those skills. I guess we have to say those skills work. I mean, I hate to say it, but like those things do work well enough at other in other academic arenas, and people believe that that stuff works. But just because it's, you think it works, it's, it's, it's environment specific. Yeah, certainly you can yeah. get some short term benefit from cramming and mass studying, like you pointed out, but. When you're when okay. you're studying for board exam over weeks or months, months. You know, long term no, rejection yeah. is real is really key. And um, yeah. you know, fortunately, I think the benefit for students that are studying for boards is hopefully they have some foundational knowledge of this material that they're not starting from scratch like they might in a in a course in the didactic curriculum that they're, they're they might or, or, or they might not. Yeah, <laughs> or, or they, they might or might not. Professor, we hope that they do. <laughs> I mean, I tell them, but I tell people even like struggling to get through those first few years, like one of the bigger problems you see in like a first or second year student, uh, it's going to be a pharmacy student, a med student, what have you, is like they're like, they're so worried about boards. Yeah. And I'm like, look, right now you focus on this upcoming block exam. Right. But what, but what if I don't learn it well enough for boards? I'm like, I hear you, but you've got to put, you know, we got to, we got to sequentialize our priorities. So yeah. in and that the, the sense, fact is if you learn it well the first time and you use right. good learning strategies, it, it, you know, not all, will all of it stick with you. No, but a big chunk of it will, and you'll be It'll better. Make it easier. Make it easier make it, when you, when you get ready to prepare for the boards. Absolutely. Yes. So, you know, but those are a lot of those low yield study methods that we've got. I mean, and, and again, if somebody's like these skills, they're not a problem until they're a problem. So mm -hmm. a lot of the people that we meet are coming to us because of first, second year problems. And we put them through our StatMed study skills class or our one-on-one -on -one study skills course, and we fix it then. But I, I've certainly met people at a boards level, even like downstream, like, like secondary, tertiary boards, 
where that's where it becomes a problem. I mean, I meet mm-hmm. like emergency medicine doctors all the time. They're like, I never, I never even struggled, but now I'm like teaching, I'm, I'm living my life and I'm working and I've got kids and a family and the old study methods are no longer working. And then, then they want to default back to rereading, rewatching, just iterate, iterate, iterate. And it's that wrong kind of effort. It's the wrong kind of desirable difficulties, whatever we want to say on the, on, on the learning science side of it. Right. So we've got to avoid all of that. Now, now somebody might be like, but that's, they just described how I study minus the other piece. So again, to bring back to my dual track, yeah, I've got, I, I believe on the one side, you've got all the study side stuff. Okay. The learning, the organizing of the information, the encoding, the retrieval attempts at retrieval. That's where I, I, I want people to get to. I think you should be setting yourself up and get and, 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 and getting to organized retrieval practice as early as possible and as frequently as possible. Okay. That's the study side. Mm-hmm. You do not need practice questions to engage in retrieval practice. This is one right. of the big misconceptions. Right. And, and so here's so the second silo is anything and everything to do with practice questions. So that's using untimed tutor mode, practice tests, timed runs, doing them on the computer, doing them on, out of a book. I don't care. Sim, but ultimately simulating the test environment. That's everything under the practice question silo. Do I think that's important? Of course, it's super important. Here's the thing. It's certainly what I see a lot in medical education and on the med school side and, and a lot of like doctor uh, specialty board side. It's almost exclusively doing practice questions. And mm-hmm. so when I, I was talking to the student the other day and she's like, oh, when I'm studying at night, I get really frustrated as I miss when I miss these questions. And so right there, I'm like, bzz, 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 like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Nice like for me that experience yesterday in class when we were going through uh, questions, I'm sure. Yeah, yes. but 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 for me, conceptually, I'm like, let's 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 change our vocabulary and change our framework. I was like, I would not call that studying. I would call that doing questions, doing practice, yeah. running questions. You're in she's in she was in silo two and she was making it. But the vocabulary studying made it sound like I'm like, wait, are you going through pathoma? Are you watching like some? Uh, in first aid, are you reading something out of first aid? What, what, where were? Oh no, no, no! I was using this question bank. So again, and and so I sort of explained that like everything's under the board prep umbrella. You have the study side when you're using like a resource book or lecture series to put information in and organize, retrieve, uh, retrieve, or the the, the test practice question side with the, the question bank. And she found that reframing of that to mm-hmm. be very helpful. Just yep. so that we can have a conversation about it, but also so she could be a little more in control of her planning and moderating of herself as she moves forward. So, yeah. So let me ask you some uh, a couple more specific follow up questions about this, because I think this is so, so important for the listeners. When we're talking about the dual, the dual tracks here, the study track and the practice question kind of uh, track here to prepping for boards. What are some what are some what's some advice or maybe some techniques or approaches that students can use in the in the study component of this preparation? to engage in active recall or self-testing, um, and also how can they interface effectively with these dense board prep materials, like a board prep book with you know summaries or condensed versions of topics 
uh, there. So do you have any specific advice or, 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 or approaches that they might be able to use in order to navigate that part? I mean, what I think is, I mean, we know that once you read something once, right. rereading it is diminishing returns. Right. It's we know that. Right. This is we know. We And we know, I know, that people are going to feel more comfortable reading and rereading at this level. They don't want to try to attempt recall the information without reading it three or four times. Right. Uh, I, I, I mean, I'm all for, I mean, if you're reading a physical book, I like a, a use a dry erase board. Um, and read the subheading or sub subheading. And instead of reading the answers below it, write out what you think it's going to be, abbreviate what you think's coming up. It's a form of a self-test. Mm-hmm. Then you then then you do read it, but you're now self-checking it as you go. Okay. Um, that's a simple hack. If you're I mean, the old school note cards. I'm not a big believer in note cards, I think it fragments the information, but use a single note card and just cover as you read below. So if you got the subheading, sub subheading, read that, see. Try to anticipate, try to recall. You're going to get your butt absolutely kicked doing this. You yes. will not remember hardly anything. And so it's very, it takes, it, it takes away a lot of the motivation to do this, but it will solidify the reading event. Everybody says, oh, I want to be active when I read. We all know active reading is better than passive reading, but what are you actually doing to be active? Like right. I, I, reading should be, more of a self-quizzing experience without, but there's no consequence. Like, and, and then the problem with all this is it does solidify the memory, but you don't get like a ticker tape printout, did it, did it, did printing out of your head saying your, your knowledge just solidified by 24%. Right. You know, you just feel like, wow, I knew nothing on that page. So, so, you know, as you're saying what you're, what you're saying, and we've talked about this before. So if you're reading, you know, a dense passage or something in the text, you know, taking some time after you've read that to try to remember what you've read, to summarize it, um, to even write down basic questions about the passage that you, that, that you just read that you can use to test yourself later on. Um, I mean, people definitely can do marginal questions. You can, you, yeah. as you're reading it, you take the information, you break it apart, you can figure it into a question, you write it in the margin, then you can go back and quiz yourself on the margins. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's a that's a lo-fi way of doing it. it gives you a bottom-up way to reapproach the information. I mean, obviously, I'm a. I, I think about all this, and I'm like, I want to framework at all. I want to use our framework, super framework right, that's strategies. What I, that, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because I know you you have you've developed a number of different approaches uh, that students can use very effectively to, you know, engage with 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 content material like this. Obviously, we can't get into it in a lot of detail in a podcast setting like this, but maybe you could describe it briefly to our listeners in terms of what that entails. Yeah, well, I mean, big picture. I think that m- let me just speak conceptually. And I think this speaks to board's issues. What I'm thinking about all the time now are what I'm calling bottom-up learners versus top-down learners. Mm -hmm. I think most students in this field, in the field of medicine, pharmacy, veterinary med, what have you, are fully proficient bottom-up learners. They can can learn from fragmented details. They They can just jam all kinds of disconnected details into the closet of their memory, close the closet. They've got these, what I call these elves, like little fairy elves coming in, waving their, their magic wands. <laughs> and then the closet opens and everything's organized hierarchically. Everything goes where it goes. Mm-hmm. That's a bottom up. These are the people that benefit from Anki. 
They're learning, they're, they're taking information, they're shattering it into fragments, bup, 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 jam it in the closet, poof, open it, it's all organized. It's, the organization means it's encoded with effective retrieval access pathways so that they yeah. can access it in the future. These are people who are also, we talked about the study side silo, the practice side, the, the practice question silo. There are many, many people, they are bottom up learners and they are studying primarily, if not exclusively, through practice questions. Now, but practice questions are just elaborate, dressed up, fragmented scenarios filled with like highly nutritious, mm -hmm. high yield factoids in the explanations. But it's still a bottom up learning methodology or approach. And again, they're taking all these disconnected. I mean, they're contextualized in a small scenario, but that small scenario, if you plugged it into the larger framework of the review book for the test for the NAVLI, the NAPLEX, the USMLE, it, it's just such a, it's a drop in the ocean of the water. Uh, uh, it's a drop of water in the ocean. So they are learning from bottom up conceptualization. It's not wrong. It's great for them because it works. And I think this, this comes to a very, from, from a very fundamental aspect of how they're wired and how they're built. Okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that percentage of, of them are. Is it, is it, 30%, 40%, 80%. I don't know. Probably depends from school to school. Yes. Okay. Percentage people of people that, that think that way and operate that way. And by the way, I wish my brain operated that way, but it doesn't. We know mine. We, we know mine doesn't. So the other side of that equation, the opposite side of the coin is the top down learner. These are people who require explicit organizational structures built on the upfront to then house the information. So these people, if they take all the fragments, these are the people that are really frustrated by Anki learning. These are the people who are like, I'm doing questions, but it's not all sticking together the way I needed to, mm -hmm. knowledge-wise. These are the people that they jam the fragments in the closet, they close the closet, there's no, there's no elves. The elves don't come. You open they the open door, the closet, it's still a mess. It's still a mess. <laughs> Eventually they open it and now it's like leaky. There's like water damage in the corner. There's a hole <laughs> over here. There's like an electrical fire happening. I'm, it's I'm not working. It. Yeah, that's yeah. my brain to a T. <laughs> that's me. That's me. So they are top-down learners, okay? These people need a step in between. Can they live without it? I mean, yeah, but they're living more. It's more It's more painful. It's less efficient. It's more, more at work. risk. Yeah. More work. More work and so much unnecessary work. Yes. Toiling. Okay. So if we teach them how to find structure on the upfront, then everything greases the wheels and everything accelerates downstream. So you can do this in a variety of ways, I think. The way that I do it is through the skill that we've developed called frameworking. Now, you're, 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 when you're talking about finding this, the organization or superstructure, you're, you're referring to finding that in a board's prep book. That's like yeah. a chapter. Yeah. Let's say you have a chapter sure. on infectious disease that's 70 yep. pages long. So this process, you know, you can approach it from two ways, from a bottom-up learning standpoint. You can you could just do 200 practice questions that are associated with that particular chapter and drill them over and over again. Um, and if you're not a bottom-up type of person, it's just not going to be very effective or efficient for you. If you're a top-down learner, what you need to find is the overall superstructure of the chapter. You need to use a process, a learning process, that helps you to deconstruct the chapter and then reconstruct it so that you can – you can yeah, to, uh, you can find some of the some of the structure to it or to, to, yeah, I mean, to a degree. So frameworking was developed primarily when I was looking at 
the advice that a lot of med students are given to preview a lecture. So I yeah. developed frameworking as a plug-in to le for lecture-based learning. And I, I felt like I was teaching framework, uh, previewing or pre-reading, and it felt like a bunch of garbage. I was like, this is not going to help me. Yeah, it's familiarizing me with some topics, but it, was, it, it took something that was vague and made it slightly less vague, but still super mushy. So I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan. And I was like, I'm not going to teach this. This is not helpful. Uh, it's a very emperor. Like, I think one of the biggest fears you have as an instructor, especially when you're doing with learning strategies, especially learning strategies for highly intelligent people under extremely high stakes, like med school, vet school, pharmacy school is the emperor has no clothes. That to me is the biggest fear. You do not want to be up there preaching something to these people under these stakes, under these circumstances and not actually be able to put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. And I felt like previewing was like a big one of that. So I, we ended up finding that like there are aspects of previewing that could actually unlock all this stuff. And so that's where we, we really developed this ability. Can I, can I go in and extract, and I'm going to talk about this in a lecture based model before talking about how you extrapolate, flip it over to dense review book or textbook study. Okay. And it, this is like frameworking put very simply is you're at the bird's eye view and you're coming down with like a claw and ripping out the skeletal structure. So if you're coming down on a map of a city yeah, and it's got the, it's got the roads and the, and the, and the rivers and the parks and the yards and the houses and the buildings and the, all that. And you're just getting the claw is like ripping out the, just the streets, yeah, just the streets just the skeletal structure. And that can be achieved through what I call like multiple nonlinear passes through the text, emphasizing hierarchy. Okay. And so it's, it's an act of seeking and finding and searching. Uh, it, it gives the, the, the learner something to do with a finite scope. And it is a matter of, uh, 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 it's a reading strategy. It's a nonlinear reading strategy. We're taught to read linearly. It's really hard to get out of that paradigm, but it's totally doable. And right. then... It's like you're finding the this, this schema and then you're able to then build around it. Uh, it'd be like trying to teach somebody about World War II mm -hmm. without having any historical or geopolitical or, or, or geog geographical understanding. Like, right. like I, 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 if you told me to learn about, I don't know, sort of like the colonialism in India, like mm -hmm. British colonialism in India – I mean, I know what happened and I know more now than I did. But like if you asked like 18 year old me where I came to like the American school system where it was all very centric on, you know, through the American lens, I, I would I would have had nothing. So if I'm watching a drama set in colonial right. in, like I, I've got, and there's like there's like social factors going on. Like I don't I don't know anything. It's a lot. It's going to be a lot harder for me to understand that movie or read that book and have understanding of the deep context. I'm probably on less retention because I don't have the framework for it. Right. Right. Um, so if you have framework, you're going to retain more, you're going to background knowledge, but I think framework is more specific than just general background knowledge. For example, because background knowledge is crucial for good reading retention, but I can, I, I can't really watch like one of your lectures and pull a lot away from it because it's not my specialty, right? But if I framework one of your lectures, which I can yeah. do as an as as, as a lay, lay person, I I'm like I actually am learning stuff because I've now built the skeletal structure to build stuff around. Yeah. And that's that's pretty fascinating. So 
we then realized we could flip that skill and extrapolate it upwards to textbook reading, to mm-hmm. review books. And it, I was like, yeah, maybe it'll work for 30 pages. Maybe it'll work for 50 pages. No, I mean, we can apply it. I've had people apply it to chapters that are over 100 pages, 100, like 100, 100 plus pages. Right. With a 100 Using, page chapter, where do you even start? I mean, so this is a great way to start. Interface you start from that bird's eye view. Now, I don't know how helpful this conversation is because I feel like it's probably more frustrating than anything because the only way for frameworking to truly work is to really get into all the nitty gritty details of it. So I would say, you know, I mean, so, so I mean, if we're, if we're talking about getting into, into how we can approach the thing, I think even just a staging ground of all right how many chapters do i have mm-hmm. how many pages are in each chapter how many days do i have on a calendar you mm-hmm. know let me at least start breaking like like do like a staging area where i can at least start to conceptualize that okay and then and, and if i can't do a whole framework of a 100 page chapter at least do like okay how many sections are there at least do that like the top let me start breaking the 100 pages down oh it's actually eight sections Ranging right. from so they, 10 so, to 20 pages. Right. So now I'm starting have to subheadings and sub subheadings. And, you know, you can you can really you can start to at least in some way, even in a rudimentary way, start yes. to see the skeletal framework of a chapter by looking at the different headings within a chapter and subheadings and sub subheadings. It's it's not fully frameworking, but at least it gives you a place to start working from. Correct. Well, yes. And what I'll see people do, though, is since these things are a little more professionally written and edited. Mm-hmm. They'll just offload the seeking and finding of the structure because it's it's there in front of my face. Don't fall into that trap. Yeah. Still take the time to seek and find and delineate for yourself. The seeking and finding is actually, and, and again, you're not actually quote unquote learning the way that you think you're learning, but you are actively seeking and finding and starting to build those conceptual frameworks that will you will benefit from. Again, I think students are again that to me that's a microcosm of, of of drone versus entrepreneur. If you're like, oh well, they've already done the organization for me and broken it into these sections, I'm just going to read through it. You're now defaulting to drone. No, be, roll the sleeves up, do some work, and skim ahead. Like do some superficial like recon and foraging, and be like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, this is ten page, ten pages, ten pages, thirty pages, five pages. Start breaking that up and start understanding the outlay of it. That is structural. That yes. starts to put you more in control. But but to, to, to flip back, though, to the, the, the top-down versus bottom-up approach, I think a bottom-up appro- learner – we talked about those ones who can learn from fragments. They probably – I don't, I don't know, maybe, I think. I think they can probably learn better sitting in lecture and listening linearly through the lecture. Mm-hmm. Because it's still it's it's fragments one step after the other, but they don't see how it all connects. They can probably better sit down and read a 50, 80, 100 page uh, uh, chapter in a, in a textbook or a review book and get more yield from it because it's like detail. They are details in a sequence. The top down learner, you tell them to sit down and just listen to this lecture. They're going to fall off the off the train. You tell mm-hmm. them to sit down and start reading through that those 50 pages. 20 pages in, they're like, blah, 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 blah. They're just, they're, they're, they're punching that clock. They're not owning it. They're not connecting it. They're not deconstructing it. So again, 
I think that there are different ways that these 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 models impact the uh, learning experience. And ideally, in a, in a future context, I would like to find a way to sift these people into proper tracks and then proactively intervene with them because right. i think i think there's a certain subset that really really benefit from not just plugging linearly away through it while some some are fine with it all right so let, let me see if i can summarize here for a second because you there's a lot to, there's a lot to be <laughs> said a lot to unpack, uh, unpack there so some of the things not to do when you're sitting down with your board's prep book and let's say you're beginning to study a chapter okay um mm -hmm. Just plowing into the into the chapter of the book without doing, like you said, some recon or um, some some deconstruction work and trying to see, you know, what's coming up ahead. What's the what's the how's the book organized, how it's structured. Uh, you don't want to reread chapters over and over again. Uh, you don't want to highlight things. You don't want to recopy things. Uh, but you, you you really want to be able to, um, like you said, act as an entrepreneur. You want to. Um, Take that material, that chapter, let's say, for example, that you're looking into um, and try to try to determine what how it's organized and the, and the structure and hierarchy to the material that's there. Um, and that can help you interface with the material better. Now, again, we can't go into the details of frameworking here. A podcast just isn't really going to work with that. But that kind of technique can help you to to achieve that quickly and efficiently. Correct. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's better. It's better. for tuning in to the StatMed podcast. If you like the show, we hope you'll subscribe. You can find more test-taking and studying strategies specifically developed for med students and physicians over at our blog, statmedlearning.com. Thanks for listening.